What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, we're gonna be running through my week five wide receiver rankings. So just going through the uh, top 36. While you guys are watching, if you do enjoy the content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. If you have any questions, drop those down below. And then before I do jump into the uh, you know number one through number 36, I do just wanna talk about three players who I don't have in the rankings. So guys like Amon Ra, Keenan Allen, and Rashad Bateman, Right now, it doesn't look great for any of those dudes to play this week. And since I do think it was pretty competitive at like the bottom of the rankings, I didn't want to include them, you know, so I'm just going to kind of talk about where they will slot in if they're playing. If Amon Ragos, I think he's a mid-tier wide receiver one. If Keenan Allen is healthy, I mean, this hamstring injury has been uh, pretty brutal for him. I mean, wasn't it like a game time decision like two weeks ago, and now he's still missing practices? If Keenan Allen's fully healthy, I think he's probably a high-end wide receiver too. You know, if he is playing this week, I'd probably have him slotted in more as a, you know, probably mid to back-end wide receiver too, just with like the injury concern. And then Rashad Bateman, if he is 100%, I think he's a high-end wide receiver three. But now let's jump into the rankings and, you know, pretty chalk up top here. Cooper Cup at number one just continues to be a volume machine, even on a struggling Rams offense. Number two, Justin Jefferson going up against the Bears. Number three, Stephon Diggs. Don't need to spend a ton of time on these top dudes. We know they're like auto starts in your lineup. Number four, Devontae Adams. Five, Jamar Chase. I do still have Jamar Chase up there at number five. I think some people may be starting to get a little antsy on Chase. I'm still locked in here. I think he has a really strong matchup here against the Ravens. And so he's going to continue to be a mid-tier wide receiver one. And then have A.J. Brown at number six. Hasn't really had a nuclear game since week one. I do think that could come here against the Cardinals. Right behind him, I have Debo going up against the Panthers. I just think this is going to be a dominant game for the 49ers. Debo obviously coming off of that uh, really strong game on, what was that, Monday night. I think he continues to be a really strong wide receiver one play. A guy who continues to rise up these ranks is going to be T. Higgins. The gap between T. Higgins and Jamar Chase just continues to close and it's not really a thing where it's like, oh, I think Jamar Chase is not as great as we thought he was. I think Jamar Chase is amazing. And I think T. Higgins is pretty up there in terms of top wide receivers in the NFL. I feel like he's been disrespected. You know, I had him as like a back end second round pick. I feel like a lot of people were waiting mid third, late third. The talent is there. He has a quarterback that can support multiple weapons. I like him as a top eight guy this week. At number nine, I have Tyreek Hill. Just giving him a slight ding here with uh, Tua out of the lineup, but still a very strong play. At 10, I have Mike Evans going up against the Falcons. A very, very dominant performance against the Chiefs. I think he's going to continue to be the wide receiver one here. I think Chris Godwin's going to continue to get better and better. You know, remember, he is coming off of that ACL tear, so he's probably not going to be, you know, 100% Chris Godwin. Maybe not at all this season, but if he is, you know, 100% at some point, it'll probably be the second half of the season. I think Mike Evans will continue to dominate for now. At 11, I have C.D. Lamb. Continues to produce even without Dak in the lineup. Pretty impressive there from C.D. Lamb. I imagine when Dak returns, could be this week, maybe not. When Dak returns, he's probably going to be more of like a top 10 guy. At 12, I have Cortland Sutton, a guy who keeps putting up numbers and fantasy production in an offense that hasn't really come together yet. I think he's going to be a top 12 guy moving forward, and I do like him at this spot. At 13, I have Michael Pittman. I'm not super scared off by the matchup here. They're just going to need to feed this dude in this matchup. No Jonathan Taylor. 
The O-line's been struggling. I think Michael Pittman's going to see a ton of volume. They just don't really have a ton of other options on guys that they can, you know, be feeding the ball to. At 14, I have Jalen Waddle. Just like I kind of dinged uh, Tyree Kill. Same thing here for Waddle. I think when two is healthy, he's probably a locked-in top 12 guy. High-end wide receiver two. Still someone you trust in your lineup. 15, I have Marquise Brown. I actually want to take this time to talk about Brown as like a long-term asset. I think everyone probably is in agreement. He's like a high-end wide receiver too, like right now. I've seen some people saying like, should I be selling high on Marquise Brown, you know, with DeAndre Hopkins coming back after six weeks? And to be honest, Marquise Brown is honestly someone I'd be considering buying if people are going to start discounting him. I think Marquise Brown is going to be the wide receiver one. If we look back to last year, I feel like people kind of forgot DeAndre Hopkins was disappointing. The volume was low. We've seen Marquise Brown go out, be a stud, a volume hog through four weeks. I think Marquise Brown is going to be the guy moving forward. Obviously, you know, D-Hop is still going to be very strong, probably a back-end wide receiver too. That's kind of how I'm predicting this. So you could say, you know, Marquise Brown isn't going to see the same volume, but if DeAndre Hopkins is coming into this offense, it's going to be a higher scoring unit. I think it's just going to rise this offense as a whole. And I think that will benefit Marquise Brown. So this is not a situation where like he's a high-end wide receiver two without DeAndre Hopkins. And then when D-Hop comes back, I'm going to relegate him to like a back-end wide receiver two or a high-end wide receiver three. I really don't think he's going to shift that much. Maybe I'm being delusional here. I don't know. Let me know down below in the comment section. Do you guys really think uh, D-Hop is going to affect him that much? I just truly believe that Marquise Brown at this point in time is the better wide receiver. He's ascending. D-Hop is definitely on the way down. So he's someone I'm holding on to and potentially even going out and buying. At 16, I have Christian Kirk going up against the Texans, expecting a bounce back game after really his first kind of dud of the season. At 17, I have Chris Godwin, kind of talked about him with Mike Evans, someone who I think is just going to continue to creep higher and higher throughout the season. And I would not be surprised if he's a top 12 guy, you know, heading into the fantasy playoffs. At number 18, I have Mike Williams. I think if Keenan Allen doesn't play in this game, we could push Mike Williams up a few spots. Definitely a boomer bust player, high ceiling, low floor, but someone you do need to have in your lineup because you just can't be missing out on one of those massive weeks. At 19, I'm still sticking strong here with my guy Deontay Johnson. Really had his first like bad game of the season in week four. You know, I think some people are going to overreact, say Kenny Pickett's not getting on the ball. He's not going to be the number one. For me, I've seen enough of a sample size of Deontay Johnson to understand that he is the best wide receiver on this team. I know George Pickens is fun. I think George Pickens is a really strong prospect. I like him in the future. I still have no doubt in my mind that Deontay Johnson is going to be the number one. He commands a huge target share. Like he was around like the 30%, I'm pretty sure, heading into week four. Definitely dipped after that, but he is still the wide receiver I want. And in PPR leagues is a very, very safe play. At 20, I have DK Metcalf, who is definitely skyrocketing up these rankings. You know, I feel like he kind of started off in this area as like wide receiver 20. After two weeks, he was down as more of a mid to back end wide receiver three. Definitely kind of shot back up and deserves to be a wide receiver two. At 21, I have Drake London. It's just tough in general to uh, trust this Falcons passing attack, but I just think we have to continue to rely on the players we know who are studs. Drake London is a stud. Kyle Pitts is a stud. I want those dudes in my lineup. And then I went back-to-back Saints wide receivers here. Michael Thomas at 22, Olave at 23. We don't know if Michael Thomas is going to play. I don't think this is going to affect Olave's ranking too much. I think both of them are really strong starts. 
I guess if MT is out, we'll just continue to see Olave maybe like separate himself as the top target. But I think they're both just like really strong plays moving forward. Then to wrap up the top 24, I have Amari Cooper. So far, he's shown to have a very high ceiling and a very low floor, almost like a uh, Mike Williams light. So if you're super risk averse, you probably haven't been loving the Amari Cooper experience. But I do think the ceiling is high enough where if you have him and you're like in your normal 12-team league, he definitely should be in your lineup. I've got Devonta Smith here at 25. Solid matchup here against the Cardinals. I think he can have a bounce back after a down week four. I have Tyler Lockett coming in at 26. I was expecting DK Metcalf to be really strong. He's someone who I had a lot of shares of. Tyler Lockett, I kind of thought this offense would only be able to support one kind of stud wide receiver. Lockett has definitely proven me wrong. He went from someone I was ranking as a back-end wide receiver three to now I think is like a high-end wide receiver three. You could argue a top 24 guy. Obviously, the uh, better pace definitely helps out Lockett and DK Metcalf, but I do think he's a strong start moving forward. Then I have back-to-back commanders wide receivers. I'm still rolling with Curtis Samuel over McLaurin. They continue to give him more volume, use him more creatively, but I think both of these guys are strong like wide receiver three plays. At 29, I have Brandon Cooks. You know, maybe some people think this is too low. He's kind of just like a uh, safe option, but his floor isn't even super high. Doesn't have a ton of ceiling here going up against the Jaguars. I think he's a mid-tier wide receiver three. I feel like that's fair. At 30, I have Jerry Judy. You know, coming into the season, I think a lot of people had Sutton and Judy very close together. I think it's clear, at least so far through four weeks, that Sutton is the number one. And until this offense is really firing on all cylinders, I think it's tough to rank Judy much higher than this. Like if Russ was going out and balling, I think we could see Sutton as a top 10 guy. Judy is like a mid-tier wide receiver too. We're just not really at that point yet. Maybe this is the turning point here against the Colts, but we'll have to wait and see. At 31, I have Gabriel Davis. I kind of talked about my concerns here with Gabriel Davis in the uh, wide receiver start sit. He is running an insane amount of routes, which should be a good sign. The targets are just not there. So it's a little bit concerning. I think we can make the argument slash excuse that, you know, the ankle is still bothering him. He's getting the opportunities, which is good. I don't think anyone's going to unseat him, but it's also possible that Gabriel Davis is just not like incredibly talented. Obviously, he's like a solid NFL wide receiver, but we can't just put someone on a good offense. And if the talent isn't there, they're not just going to, you know, all of a sudden be a stud. So I'm not writing him off, but I do think the last few weeks have been concerning for Gabriel Davis. At 32, I have Adam Thielen, just a solid, you know, wide receiver three. At 33 and 34, I have back-to-back Packers wide receivers, Romeo Dobbs and Alan Lazard. These are the two dudes getting the clear-cut top two wide receiver snaps. I don't really see why that would change. If I were to guess one guy would kind of lose snaps, I think it would be Dobbs. But I also think on a week-to-week basis, uh, Dobbs is also just like the higher ceiling play. So I do have him one spot ahead of Lazard. And then we've got Garrett Wilson here at 35. I think he's the Jets wide receiver one moving forward, even if this is going to be an offense that spreads the ball around a lot. And then at 36, I have Juju Smith-Schuster sliding in here. Really just been a floor play so far. The volume is there. The touchdowns have not. The big plays have not. So that's where he's going to slide in right now. That's going to wrap it up for my top 36 wide receivers. Let me know what players were too high or too low. If you have any questions, drop those down below. If you did enjoy, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Thank you all for stopping by and I'll see you guys in the next one.